0: Restorative justice, restorative practices. How does it really work in schools, or how can a business leader address conflict and culture issues within their company?
1: We've been implementing and training restorative practices for over 10 years. We invite you to join us in discussion around classroom and community circles, conferences, and implementation strategies.
0: Just like you, we live this every day and always strive for what's best for students, staff, and communities. We are the RJ Solution. Join us for
1: an entertaining and informative podcast.
0: All right. Welcome to another special edition of the RJ Solution interviews. And today we are with Katherine Zaleski. Hey, Katherine. And she's one of our associate trainers. Hey, Katherine, just kind of give us a little background and bio.
1: Sure. So um, I am currently a social studies teacher at a high school that's just outside of Denver. Um, We have about probably twenty two hundred students. Um, a highly impacted population in terms of socioeconomic status um, and definitely diverse student body. So lots of languages that are spoken, lots of cultures. So it's definitely a great school to be at. Um, I've been teaching for, I think, 11 years now and been using restorative practices in my classroom. um, Very... Like, uh, like routinely I think since like 2015. So this is like year six of like pretty regular implementation um, in my classroom as well as in my school.
0: Awesome, so give us a little bit more background before you got into education. You have an interesting and unique history.
1: Um, so I, my first couple of years of teaching took place um, as a Peace Corps volunteer in Macedonia Um, so I definitely wanted the experience of living overseas, um, especially living within a community, learning language, culture, uh, way of life, all of that before stepping into, um, kind of like normal American teaching. So did that for a couple of years. Um, and actually what was so great about that experience is that it really helped me understand, just how important relationships are, like not just relationships in the classroom, but those community relationships with just my neighbors, um, parents of my students, as well as with the municipality. So that really is the foundation of, of my teaching, my career, and really even just how I see life. Um, oh, and then before, before teaching in Macedonia for a couple of years, I also did my student teaching in Kenya And again, that whole experience, I mean, it it wasn't very long, but very impactful as a 20 year old. And again, that was really focused on relationships. Um, So more than anything, it was about visiting with students, going into their homes, um, drinking chai. And I am very allergic to milk, but I drank it because that was, I think the right thing to do. Um, But that really helped shape my understanding of how to be a teacher, which yes, content is important, pedagogy is important and relationships are at the foundation of all of that.
0: Very interesting. When you got to this large high school in the Denver Metro area, give us a sense of your experience, Sarah. I know that when you entered that high school that restorative practices was not spoken, there was not an awareness of it. How did you step into that school and build it from the ground up because one of the things that um, we really have found with restorative practices in schools that it doesn't have to be a top-down implementation science, yada, 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 that this is the organic right and good work and anybody can basically uh, be the spark that lights the fire in a school, which is really kind of what you did. So give us a sense of that.
1: Um, so before I came to the school that I am at currently, which I think this is my sixth year, at my school, Um, I worked at an amazing middle school with you and Jen Galegos uh, and a couple other amazing people. And that's where I really learned restorative practices um, along with getting trained by Longmont Community Justice Partnership. So I took all that and I took that to my my school on that now. And I just remember during the interview, I was like, I use restorative practices I don't know if you use them here, but I'm using them in my classroom. So if you see kids in a circle, like it's not just for a random reason, we're building relationships. Um, So I just let them know ahead of time that that's what I was gonna be using. I'd be happy to bring people on board um, and went from there. So the way that I got it started was I just started using these practices in my classroom. Um, As I got to know my colleagues I would talk about using circles, um, about how fun they are, as well as how great they are as a tool for even teaching. Um, I would talk about ways to have the hallway conversation without going, you know, going into the hallway and having the hallway conversation, but how to use how to use restorative language um, in these tools. And what happened is just by again building relationships with my colleagues. They were interested in what I was doing. Um, So I kind of just reached out to the people that were in my direct network. And then there was an and then I just took whatever opportunity I could. So I don't know if it was my first or second year at my school. My district had, or it was my local association that was partnering with my district. They had an opportunity to teach, um, it was designing professional development four teachers, five teachers. So even though I had only been using restorative practices, I think just like for maybe three years um, or maybe even two years, one of my colleagues, she's like, just design a class and teach it. She's like, I was like, but I don't think I'm ready. And she just kind of pushed me into doing it. So I sat down, created a course for educators in my district. Um, She's now my assistant principal, but she was a dean at the time. She took the course, a couple of my colleagues were in the course. So we were able to start building common language and common practices with each other by the, by this course. And then it spread to other educators in the district. Um, so I did that course a few times and then that just kind of led to more networking. Um, talking with more people in my district, I would reach out to my superintendent and be like, hey, by the way, like, if you wanna use restorative practices, let me know. So I just tried to be as um, an advocate, possibly annoying too. But um, like, I I love these practices, so I want them in my district. And it just got to a point where if my school was having teacher led PD for the day, I was like, "I'll, I'll do it. Like I'll do it on circles or I'll do it on restorative language so i just took every opportunity um in order to try and to try and get this into my school and at this point we have a lot of teachers using circles um when there are new teachers in the building i usually go in and i speak with them and a lot of them know what circles are at this point which is also really great because these practices are continuing um to be taught and shared with people and I, I try and model them. So it's like, I don't teach them about it. I have them experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really just like, if there's an opportunity, like take that opportunity, be annoying. And then, I mean, I just, I use these practices all the time in my own space.
0: So that's awesome. Oh, I love the be annoying part. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very restorative. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, Right, so that's a perfect example of once again, just being that spark that lights the fire and networking and doing the right and good work. So if the the folks at the top, you know, aren't familiar with, not recognizing, feeling that they have more important things on the agenda for professional development, that you can always do it from the bottom up. And I also really like what you said about instead of teaching, I have people experience. And that is huge in restorative practices is it's because there's not all these funky techniques involved. It really is about just having that comfort level, experiencing it once, and then it's like the aha comes on. Wow, this is pretty amazing, I wanna do this. So that is a great technique that I love that you use. Tell us really quick how you then were using restorative practices in your classroom because we really want people to get a sense of this isn't just about the special circles that we have building wide. Those are super important without a doubt, but the impact that having circles can have in your classroom when you're teaching, I mean your regular classes, um, when you're teaching content and how to use circles just in a regular instructional classroom.
1: Um, So I use circles in all my classes. So I teach typically in a year, I teach world history, government, economics, sociology, or or some some form of those classes depending on the school year. Um, So we we do circles weekly and in all my classes. And my class sizes have up to like 36 kids Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of different backgrounds, language levels. And I'll talk about kind of how I differentiate in a moment. so we do circles weekly. Sometimes it's just all about relationship building. And of course, at the beginning of the school year, it's those really, really simple, low risk questions, affective questions, um, to begin to build community comfort with everyone in the room. This is how I get pretty much all my like data on students. I start to figure out who they are, what they're interested in, um, and j- just start to get a sense of who's in the room. Um, and then as we get more comfortable, we, of course, go to more higher risk questions. Um, so in the questions I ask, sometimes it's just strictly relationship building. Sometimes it's related to content. Sometimes it is responding to things that have happened in the community. Um, For instance, there was a shooting at a Walmart near my school, and this has been a few years ago now. And this had been after we had already established trust in the classroom, but one of my students came in. I, it was early in the morning, probably like second, you know, like second period or something. She came in and she's like, "Miss, like we need to do a circle to talk about what happened." And I was like, "Great," and we just got into a circle. You know, it's one of those things. Like, okay, I was like, "Everyone, circle up," and um, that wasn't one of our normal like circle days, but like part of teaching is we have to be able to respond to what's happening in the community. If something traumatic happens in the community, we need a space to come together because learning doesn't happen, right? So we have to be able to process what's going on and then we can get to um, the content. So circles are just this this space that we come to often Um, even when there's larger classroom management issues, like there's a lot of tardies um, because a 50 minute lunch isn't long enough so a lot of kids come in tardy um, and that became a space of like, well, how do we, how do we address this issue? Um, and then it, it's on the community to try and solve this issue, not me. And what happens is that takes, first of all, a lot of stress off of me. And then it becomes this community agreement. And guess what happens when the community agrees to something, they follow it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. And it's just, it's also, that is how, like, that is my vision for society. So like, why not create a space where we can practice this and students can see, like, this is how it could be. So let's try and create this space. Um, And then, of course, it's really helpful just knowing what students are going through. So like sometimes, you know, like students are tardy because, yeah, they're sitting at McDonald's enjoying their lunch and they just come to school late. But sometimes they're tardy because they gotta take care of a sibling or there's something else going on. So it just gives us more information. Um, and it also gives me information on what students are understanding, misconceptions and learning. Um, so there's just so much that can be taken from that space. And of course, the most, my most favorite thing is when students are talking about um, these experiences they have in their life and in the circle you see another kid look at them and they're like oh me and you like like we've been through the same thing um and they just build these relationships that otherwise i'm not sure how they would build them Mm -hmm. then
0: yeah so when you mentioned about responding to things in the community can you talk for a second about how restorative practices um addresses equity implicit bias, power differential?
1: Yeah, so I think that those spaces using the circles can be the space where I have to be very careful, right? Like I'm a white woman, cisgender, straight, like I am pretty much the status quo. So I am constantly trying to be aware of my identity, um, what kind of implicit bias I'm bringing and just trying to be aware of who's in the room. And the circle becomes this space where it flattens the hierarchy. So I sit at their level. um, I might facilitate it or a student might facilitate it. And it becomes a way for them to really share their perspectives in a way for it's actually one of the I think one of the best ways to be culturally responsive. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, like questions need to lend to that. But if you let students write questions, that can be another way to make sure that they're they're being heard. Really, the circle can become a space of deliberation. Um, in my government classes, we would often use these very like de- democratic um, discussion, or like using the circle as a democratic discussion, like a way, like not as in like a political party, but just like democracy. Mm-hmm. But like teaching, like how do you share turns? Like how do you learn how to listen to people, especially people who you might disagree with? Um, And just really learn the different perspectives in the room and in my sociology course, um, which we look at some topics that can be pretty That that could be pretty hard to look at and the circle can become this space where we all share and then it opens up into a discussion and we get deeper with personal experiences with whatever we're talking about um, and trying to understand what that means within a larger context in society. Mm -hmm. Um, so with, I think like careful planning, um, understanding who's in the room, as well as having, um, norms that everyone agrees to and that everyone has helped establish, Mm -hmm. it can become this space that's incredibly, that, that really, really raises voices. Um, and for students who might not speak English or who are learning English rather, um, there's, there's still ways to incorporate their voices. They can speak in their native language. They can, I I can give them questions ahead of time and have them interpreted. And I I can, um, they can write their answers down and their friend can read it or I can read it, you know, so there's just so many ways to incorporate all voices.
0: Awesome. Very good. Um, Yeah. I just love that idea of bringing all voices into the room and, I, you know, I think, and I'm sure that you would agree that the hugest problem that is missing right now in our society, in our culture, probably in our world, but specifically in our country is not listening, just not listening to listen, to listen, not to listen, to respond, but just to listen, to hear with empathy and compassion is, seems to be, and I think you hit a really good point, which is building that, um, ability to be able to listen to something that you don't agree with and be able to sit in that space and be okay with it. And that is hugely missing right now. So Mm -hmm. yeah, big time. Any other thoughts that you have uh, for our friends out there? Or I really appreciate um, your input and what you've covered. You're an amazing associate trainer for
1: us. Um, Just love to farm you out. (laughs) So uh, along with circles, um, the the other thing, the the other practices that I use pretty regularly are just even restorative language. Like when speaking with students, whether it's giving them feedback on their writing in assignment, feedback on uh, behavior in the classroom, just just using the four questions, like tell me about what happened. Mm -hmm. What are the impacts of your behavior like on you, on the person you threw that pencil at? just on the wider community and just really using those questions as a base for um, for conversations I have with students and even using the informal conferences. Like maybe I don't do like a whole like informal conference, um, but again, just using those techniques with students in the moment if I have to. So these practices become kind of like all, it's like if you have the base of circles and you understand relationships, and you know how to ask questions, open-ended questions. Um, it just leads to having conversations where you understand students' strengths, you understand their challenges, um, and it just creates an entirely restorative environment in a classroom. Mm-hmm. It, it, and I, it's like the circles at the base of all of it. It helps with those conversations. It helps when I call home because then I have. Um, I, I can start with like, here's what your student's doing really, really, or your, your child's doing really, really well. And then I can go into and like, and let's talk about whatever happened in class. Um, so it just it takes off, like some of that sting um, that I think like parents and guardians have when, when they see my, my school's number pop up on their phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, it, and that's great that they start to learn that, no, this is going to be a conversation. I might hear something I don't like, but it is going to be communicated in a really respectful and restorative way. And mm-hmm. that, again, is just a, a huge change for sure. All right. Well, Catherine, thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. I mean, if y'all are listening to this and it's July and 99 degrees out right now, it is January and it might be like five degrees. So Yeah. yeah, bundle up when you go outside. All right, friend. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us for another RJ Solution conversation. All right. Bye.